Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Total SF, Heather Knight, and we are not in person today. Ah, what a bummer. Yeah, last week we were with Amos Goldbaum um, on a slow street. We're back in our homes. We're back on Zoom. But um, let's not try to sound deflated. Let's think positive <laughs> thoughts. And let's talk about the last time you were in a real-life cable car. Not a cable car being dragged by a truck, <laughs> but a cable car on cables. Well, I was in a cable car dragged by a truck last week because... Um, for a column I think we're going to touch on shortly. But the last time I was in a normally moving cable car was probably when I went to Chinatown almost exactly a year ago with you. We were trying to support the struggling small businesses as um, we just had gotten an inkling that a strange virus was headed our way. um, And we luckily found a cable car as we were heading back downtown. Yeah, and not just a cable car, but a cable car with the distinctive blue L.A. Dodgers hat. I saw the blue hat coming up on the California line of our friend Byron Cobb. Yeah, he is amazing. Um, Huge smile, such an upbeat guy, and we happened to run into him. And he did his bells. He's the eight-time cable car bell ringing champion. Last one when we served as cable car bell ringing judges. Um, That seems like a million years ago. But um, that was so fun to run into him. And I have not seen him or ridden on a cable car not being pulled by a truck since. I I actually have audio of that meeting with Byron, and I'm so glad I captured it. Let's play that here. Well, we'll be there again, Heather, hopefully, because reopening the cable cars is kind of uncertain now. And I've been reading your coverage and the great Chronicle coverage. And it sounds like like I'm getting more questions than answers the more I read. Yeah. So they were put into the barn last uh, March 16th because of the pandemic and the desire to keep passengers and operators um, protected from the coronavirus, and they have not run since. And Jeffrey Tumlin, director of the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, has no timeline, couldn't guarantee they'll be back at all this year. Yeah, well, history is on our side, Heather. That's the good news. Um, We're going to talk a little more about your column, and I'm going to give you the history of the two previous attempts to save the cable cars I'm going to tell you, this is kind of breaking news. The Chronicle in 1947 was in favor of killing them. What? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I better quit in solidarity with the cable cars. (laughs) We will both quit in solidarity, um, probably not before the end of this uh, podcast, though. Um, I'll (laughs) tell you a little bit about that. I was shocked, and I'm actually really sad about it. We need to run some kind of uh, correction. Yeah, (laughs) Coppola. Yes. And we'll replay parts of our 2019 interview with Byron Cobb. Um, This is just when we first met him, before he played at one of our movie nights. Um, Really nice interview, but that's from 2019. That's going to play after our conversation. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much.
So Heather, the cable car news broke this weekend. I'm betting you've gotten a lot of mail. And I wanted to ask you about that. What's the breakdown? Are people in favor of bringing them back? Is there a anti-cable car crowd out there in 2021? Um, Pro-cable car contingent is strong. I would say they make up probably at least 80%, uh, maybe closer to 85, 90% of the feedback. Um, One woman said she would lay down her life on the tracks. (laughs) Although if the cable cars aren't running, I don't know what would happen <laughs> yeah, not much would happen there. Maybe the truck I, would run her over if it was dragging the cable car that had you. A yeah. lot of sentiment about how cable cars are the heart and soul of San Francisco, and it's not the city without them, which was my point in the column. Um, a few people made the point that we are so, so underfunded due to the pandemic and economic collapse that we need to focus on getting the lines back who take essential workers from the neighborhoods to their jobs, which obviously is very important too. Um, so I, I could see where those people were coming from. The one comment that I will say irked me, like I really wanted to punch this person, was someone on Twitter who said, um, I prefer the cable cars not running because I live on the cable car line and you can hear the cables running from six floors up. And I was like, well, why did you move to the cable car line if you don't want to hear cable cars? I think they were there before you, considering they started running in 1873. That's right up there with me with, uh, oh, I live on the foot of Lombard Street and there are all these tourists (laughs) here. You know, it's just like, there's these curves in this street and I just can't take it. Um, one question, has Quentin Cop weighed in or has, has the letter arrived yet with the <laughs> swirly uh, handwriting? And if not, what do you think uh, a Quentin Cop's going to feel like about the cable cars? Well, I haven't been to the newsroom in a while because it's um, being renovated. So there could very well be a letter waiting for me. That reminds me I should go check. Um, it has not made its way to my house. So I do not know. I would think he is probably a cable car fan because they're old don't you think (laughs) definitely i think he's pro cable car very positive i don't think any politician would you know dare say anything negative about the cable cars or that they want them killed it wasn't always that way though um mayor lapham in 1947 famously said junk the cable cars and that is outrageous yeah and it was on the front page of the chronicle but it was during this big budget hearing and he's going over the water and the bonds he wants to float and then he said junk the cable cars you know they're they're antiquated we don't need them anymore i think i got the can we retroactively impeach him (laughs) yes we can um he was at the Board of Supervisors on January 27, 1947, and said, The fact remains that sentimentalists do not have to pay the bills and do not have to run the risk of being charged with criminal negligence in the very possible event a cable breaks and a car gets loose on one of our steep hills. Um, so, Actually, the sentimentalists are among the taxpayers who are funding these things. So I don't know where he thinks all his city money is coming from. Hell yes, that's right. Recall Lapham. Uh, <laughs> out with Lapham. Out with Lapham. But here's the thing. Here's the breaking news, and I teased this in the intro. The Chronicle was on his side. I mean, starting... What? So two days after Lapham said that, giant, like, go-to-war headline in the Chronicle, cable cars on way out, city orders super buses. 
Robert DeRuse, who isn't listed as a columnist, but this sure reads like a column, uh, wrote, City-operated cable cars, chronically ill for many years, finally are dying. Their death will be a lingering, bell-ringing sort of thing, but they are surely dead. They were killed long before Mayor Lapham decreed and demanded their quick death Monday. The reason for the death is simply old age. And for days after that, the Chronicle is running letter after letter from residents of the city who hate the cable cars. What? I mean, yeah. Why do the residents hate the cable cars? I don't know. I mean, I'm reading some of them. You know, here, here's one from DeWitt C. Treat. That's <laughs> a real name. It is time San Francisco abandoned its Rip Van Winkleism. New York, London, and other big cities long ago recognized that surface train transportation has no place in metropolitan areas. So the Chronicle, totally all in favor of getting rid of um, the cable cars. The Chronicle, the city, the, the Board of Supervisors was on board. Real estate, everybody's in favor of getting rid of them, except our hero in the story, a woman named Friedel Klesman, um, just a San Francisco resident. She had a little money, had a little time. So she's a badass. She's a can-do woman. Yeah. So she comes out and says the cable cars are the heart of the city and to lose them would be a tragedy. Starts the citizen committee to save the cable cars and gets everybody behind her and um, got Prop 10. It was a charter amendment that put the cars under Muni and the PUC, passed overwhelmingly. Um, later on, she fought to get the California line brought into the Powell line under city control. And uh, by the end, she's still alive. George Moscone, you know, decades later, Mayor Moscone in the 70s said, anyone attempting to fool with the cable cars in any shape or form is apt to be run out of town on a spike. And it's Friedel Klesman. Name a school after her. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. One on the cable car line. Yeah. We will talk about the second um, saving of the cable cars, but I wanted to ask you what's next. Um, what are our options at this point? What could we see in the next months? Are we months away from getting cable cars potentially? There's no um, certainty at all. Uh, no timeline. Um Jeffrey Tumlin would not promise they'll be back this year, but they are getting pressure from certain media outlets as well as regular people and the Citizens Advisory Council to Muni all want them back. And the Gritman do, um, Union Square Business Improvement definitely does, um, the Hotel Council, you know, anybody who cares about um, tourism coming back in any way wants these cable cars back because they are so popular and beloved. The Buena Vista Cafe, um, one oh. of our favorite places, is desperate for them to come back because they bring them to you know right across the street from there on Hyde so people can get their Irish coffees so they're just really um, crucial for any sort of tourism rebounding here which brings in so much money to the city so um, the pressure's on but um, the SFMTA is uh, very underfunded because the pandemic just slashed um, ridership and uh, they did get some federal stimulus money which will keep the cable cars alive for until the first quarter of 2023 um they they'll they'll live on although they they still are being stored in their barn wrapped in plastic to protect them <laughs> from pigeon poop so um it's more of a, a technical survival um so we could see maybe one line come back earlier than others but nothing's been decided 
yet. And um, one idea being floated by Jeffrey Tumlin is some sort of um, revenue measure next year. Um, Muni has a, a structural deficit because the um, revenue is not keeping up with costs. And so they need to find some way to bridge that and um, likely to see some sort of revenue measure in 2022, although we have very few details on that. But I mean, something called Save the Cable Cards would probably get a lot of people to vote for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, conspiracy theorist in me, if there's going to be some sort of transportation measure or bond next year, it seems like it seems like not having the cable cars and wanting to bring them back is is a better thing to put on a banner than, you know, save the 22 Fillmore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've also heard ideas from readers, uh, mostly, that you know, we do probably need um, to find some way of, you know, bringing some private money in for the cable cars because they are expensive. They date back to 1873. Obviously, the technology is not something you can go to your auto mechanic and get a spare part. Um, it's it's hard to keep these things <clears throat> running. And so some sort of, you know, private fundraising campaign like has existed in the past might be an important element. Um, one reader said, why can't, you know, big... Um, businesses in the city each adopt a cable car and you know something like that so we'll see well that'll that'll be our history lesson number two because that happened in the 80s um i just feel like if i knew the numbers it would make it easier for me to have a take on this Mm -hmm. and obviously our take is save the cable cars as soon as you can they're so important to the city um beyond you know just the the fact that it's something that helps tourism and everything it's it's the heart of the city I, yeah i told you when we were bandying this about to me it's like putting a tarp on the golden gate bridge for two years i mean yeah. it, you don't just lose you know the the freeway traffic you lose that symbol and i feel like for that's sure. gone yeah, yeah me too and the sound like just even being in union square not hearing the bells it's so quiet so. but but on the other hand and you mentioned it earlier you know if if Paying for the cable cars means that, um, you know, people in the Bayview and the Excelsior and Visitation Valley can't get to their jobs downtown. You know, if the T-third, if it's T-third versus cable cars or, but I I just don't know. So I I don't, I know my take is I want to bring them back. I'm not sure how quick. I I just hope we get answers in the next few months. Well, I have put in a bunch of questions, so I'm trying to get you your answers, Peter. I know you have. I know you well <laughs> enough to know that. So history lesson number two, and this goes to what you were talking about um, earlier. And this involves Diane Feinstein, who 1982, she's been mayor for a few years. And with very little time, she was surprised by this. They realized that to get $50 million allocated from the U.S. Department of Transportation to help fix the line, it's aging again after years after they had done their thing in the 50s. Um, that they had to raise $10 million in like no time flat. So Dianne Feinstein just absolutely goes on a mission. Tony Bennett's everywhere. I mean, we have (laughs) photos like Tony Bennett showed up to everything for the cable cars. He needs to come back. He's still here. At this time, Feinstein hates video games. She's in the process of banning arcades in the city. And it's just on this. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. I thought the arcades were going to turn kids into zombies. Even though she's on this anti-arcade kick, Atari offers 
a million dollars and just says, yeah, just show up, but we want to do this press thing. So this giant eight-foot Pac-Man shows up, and she's <laughs> she's taking a photo with it. It sounds like it was super awkward because she's rallying against video games, um, but then goes up there on the mic and says, this is a Bay Area company of which we are very proud. Everyone should go buy a Pac-Man cassette <laughs> because Pac-Man made this possible. Oh, wow. Yeah. So did she quit with her arcade band? No, she didn't. She that? banned them like weeks wow. later. She took the check Harsh and stole them. Harsh, Harsh, but, you know, true to her, you know, she, she couldn't be bought by Atari. To this day, and our friend Jeremy Whiteman tracked this down for me, there's an Atari plaque on Powell Car number three. Really? Now, yeah, Atari went bankrupt in the 80s, but because they donated a million dollars, I guess they just get this plaque for life. Wow. And I looked around, there's several cars that have plaques on them for companies that don't exist anymore, like that have been gone since the 90s. KJAZ, K-J-A-Z, which has not been on the airwaves since 1995, has a plaque on a car, and iMagnon has a plaque wow. on a car. And Feinstein does it. Uh, name a school after her too. Oh, <laughs> oh wait! <laughs> oh wait! <laughs> Saves the cable cars, gets the ten million, um, and it's absolutely you know this triumphant moment for her and um, very tight deadline. And now you know everybody loves the cable cars again. But we, I guess, we just have to learn this lesson every like thirty years or so. We'll be right back after this short break. So the case for cable cars, you just wrote a column, and I think you put your heart into that. But tell me a little bit about that. What do these mean to the city? What do they mean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've loved cable cars my whole life, but especially on um, since Total Muni when we rode every bus uh train and cable car in one day and things were definitely going very poorly when we started in the middle of the night on mid-market street that was not my most fun few hours but as soon as we got in a cable car and rode up knob hill at dawn like everything just got so much better and so that's when we met a lot of our friends who um our gritmen our cable car aficionados and have been in touch with them decorating the cars for christmas hanging out in the barn um, ever since. And I just think that they are crucial to San Francisco, um, not only for the tourism boost, but um, just, you know, the the sight and the smell and the sound of the bells. And I just think this city would be permanently um, damaged if they went away. Yeah. Do you remember that sunrise? Just like when we got yeah. to California and looking over at the Transamerica Pyramid Mm -hmm. and the sun coming up, we're there with Jessica Christian. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of my top like three sunrises ever. I mean, it was just a fantastic moment. And you said the sky was like pink. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, I think like there's something about them and each year that we get away from their inception and we get into higher tech forms of transportation and higher tech forms of, you know, communication they become a little bit, there's something a little bit more dreamlike about them. Mm-hmm. And I, I compare it to like stop motion animation where your mind can't quite understand what it is you're feeling, but that rumble, the fact that you're being pulled by a cable, the fact that physically the Gritman is, um, is, is uh, uh, you know, stopping and starting this thing and the communication you have between the conductor and the other passengers, there's something about it that Mm -hmm. each year that passes, I think it becomes a little bit more special. 
And I think the fact that so much of it is open air and you can just be hanging onto a pole, like climbing up Knob Hill, like inches from traffic, that's probably why they've had some <laughs> accidents in the past. But um, it's just so unique. Like you're not locked up into a bus or a, a BART train, like in some kind of cocoon. You're actually out in the city seeing so many wonderful sights. I just wrote a column talking to people at Pier 39, and we know people over at the wharf. I think you and I both, just in the last five years, what we think about tourism and the tourist industry and the people working there, you kind of discover that, you know, even though people associate it with people coming from out of town, a lot of the people working from there are like the most San Franciscan San Franciscans. Mm-hmm. And that F line coming in and that cable car coming in is their lifeline too. And uh, I think that's another important part of it. So I just hope yeah. they come back. It's the soul Me of the too. city. Yeah. We are very much pro-cable car, unlike our colleagues from the 1940s. So we had an interview. It was a little less than two years ago with our friend Byron Cobb. Um, so set the scene for me. Heather, this is less than two years ago, Chronicle Archive. I don't think this is really explained in the episode, but we used to record in person in an archive. (laughs) Yes. Remember when I used to go to work at Fifth and Mission in the newsroom? Um, So we record a lot of our podcasts um, in the basement down there. And Byron Cobb came with his cable car bell, which is pretty large. And it um, when it's not on a cable car, it's hanging from a really tall wooden stand that is much taller than us, probably like what, seven feet tall. And um, he had a helper from Muni um, carry all this stuff in with him and um, said, set up the bell down in the basement of the um, Chronicle. Definitely a first. I'm yeah. sure those annoying colleagues of ours from the 1940s did not have <laughs> Gritman bring bells into the Chronicle building. They did not, but hopefully the cable cars will be around for a long time, and whatever holographic technology the Chronicle's using in the future. So we will record at the Chronicle someday again. We will ride in cable cars again, Heather, Here's our interview with Byron Cobb from November 25th, 2019 at the San Francisco Chronicle. I want to hear about you coming to San Francisco, but tell me about this Dodger hat. Oh, the Dodger hat is um, from my grandfather when he used to take us down to Vero Beach. And um, we load up in the truck and we go down to spring training and watch the Dodgers when they was in... uh, in uh, Florida, but now they're in Glendale, Arizona, and we all got different hats, and I uh, end up with a Dodgers hat, but lo and behold, I moved to San Francisco. So, <laughs> and I'm not and gonna, you still wear it? I still wear it, even on the cable car to this day, and uh, I'm well known for the blue hat. The guy with the blue LA hat. Anything go wrong, I always talk it's to me about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, now uh, cable car, I mean, there are a lot of tourists on there, but there's a lot of locals too. Do people, do people bring that up with you? Do you get, sometimes they have Giants themed cable cars. Does that ever become an issue? Oh, yes. One morning uh, <laughs> they had it when the Giants won the World Series and I called the uh, TMC and I told them, uh, there's a lot of graffiti on the car. I'm not going to pull it out. I need another car. And uh, I wouldn't drive the car that day. Was <laughs> yeah. there really graffiti or was that an excuse? <laughs> All the Giants uh, paraphernalia. Oh. That was graffiti for me. <laughs> well, uh, I got to say, anytime I see you in that hat, you're going to hear about it from me. But 
story involving your grandfather and I lived in LA for four years and I wore my giant He just put cap. on the hat. He's put on the hat now. <laughs> so I lived in LA for four years. I wore my giant's hat everywhere. So just from that point of view, respect and blow, uh, it up. blow it up. We just fist bumped. I should have worn a baseball cap today. I'm, I know. I'm we would have outnumbered him. <laughs> but I see you in that hat on a cable car. I'm, I'm still going to say something. Well, anytime you see a blue hat, you just know it's me. Yeah. <laughs> so Florida, what, what city were you born in and how'd you get to San Francisco? I, uh, I was born in a little small town called Lake Hamilton, Florida, close to Orlando. And... Um, I had an uncle who also was an inspector for Muni, and I told him I, I liked it. I came up for the company that I worked for, and um, I went down to um, Southern California, uh, down in the farm area for refrigerated transport company, and there was nothing to do down there, so I came up for the weekend, and I liked it, and I said, man, I got to move here. I love this city, and I went back uh, three months later, and I quit my job, and I drove out. How old were you when you came to San Francisco? I for was the first twenty time? years old. Wow! And what what struck you about it? What did you like about the city? Uh, the beauty and and just uh, you know the water, the bridges, and where I come from, a little small town, you don't get that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I fell in love with the city and and the sounds of the city. And my uncle took me to to all the different divisions because he's a supervisor, and. I just said I got to do this here, and I was in transportation, so I like driving, so. It was quite natural for me to come here and move. And what year was that? It was 1980. 1980. Do you remember the first time you saw a cable car? Did you know about the cable cars? Is that something people in Florida know about? Or or what what was kind of your first experience with the cable cars? From the streets of San Francisco. But I never (laughs) thought that I would be driving one. But uh, when I got on it uh, and I I rode it with my uncle, I said, man, this this is a cool job. And I was watching the guys, how they, they did it. And I said, man, I can do this. The first thing you got to do is get into Muni first. Yeah. And once I got in, my goals was to get over to cable cars. Yeah. And are you a gripman or a conductor? I'm a gripman slash conductor, uh-huh. but more of a gripman. I really don't like conducting unless I have to. Why is that? Eh, it's too wimpy. <laughs> <laughs> you like to use your muscles? On yeah, your I like to. I just like to be in front and you know have control of the car. Yeah. yeah. Is it hard to deal with all the tourists who don't know how to properly and safely ride a cable car, like if they're hanging off the sides? Oh, no. You, you don't have to be nasty or mean. You just tell them to make it out of a joke and make uh-huh. them feel good at the same time, but yet you get what you want, too. How do you do that? Uh, in many ways. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad he asked that because when we met you and we met you at the cable car bell ringing contest and you walk in here, you're immediately kind of connecting and we're laughing. Is that part of the job is your disposition? I mean, you can't be like a cranky, not talking to people cable car. I feel like you can be a cranky bus driver. Yeah, uh, yeah you can <laughs> because uh, those, those guys are breeding on, but we also are breeding on. Uh, cable, cable cars is, you, you think about it, a lot of people save for four or five years just to come to San Francisco to ride the cable car. You don't want them to have no bad experience after they work long hours uh, or whatever to get and save this many years so there's no room for people with with sour i want to say can i say sour puss yeah sure. okay sour puss attitude <laughs> people have said a lot worse on this podcast uh, sour puss attitude with blinders yeah. on you you know like my grandmother always said it don't cost nothing to be nice you get more for being kind and nice even though 
Sometimes you know you don't want to be. Sometimes you got to eat crow. Yeah. And that's what these guys have to do. They have to suck it up. And, and then you talk about it later. And you talk to some of the senior operators and then you tell them the experience. And then we, you, you learn from that and then you, you, you mold your. Wait, but I've always been a people person. I talk to anyone. Yeah. I, I, and I like people. And I go up to anyone and talk to them. Even Pete, the shop guy, I talk to him. <laughs> Byron bought, brought Pete from the shop to help with the bell. Pete, Pete's a. Pete's a good dude. He, he carried that bell through. The Chronicle's like basically like a labyrinth now. They've made a lot of changes here, and every time it seems like they put up a few new walls and it gets harder to get from point A to point B. Pete carried that bell a long way. So and he's a carpenter Pete. who yeah. maintains the cable. Well, yeah. that is, the bell is made out of wood, so that's why he's here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you know, I met my, my um, wife on the cable car. You did? And, yes. Val did too. Wow. Yeah. Seems like this is thing. like a new dating show or something. <laughs> it seems like like cable car is like match.com. I mean, uh, like if you are working, and a way on a, cooler version. working on a cable car, that that's a benefit. Yeah. I met my wife. Yeah. Yeah. On the cable Tell car. Tell us about that day. Oh, it was just cool. As a matter of fact, um, they did an article in a certain newspaper. Yeah, it's I'm not okay. going to say. It's okay. We we yeah. love our competitors too. <laughs> and um, first, you wear the Dodgers hat. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I know. And uh, I was driving the the California line when I first came. I didn't want to drive nothing but the California line because I like the people, the clientele, and you got to know everyone. And so uh, my wife was um, uh, going to Berkeley uh, Business School, and she's get on the car every day at the same time around one something. So one day I started talking to her. And I asked, I said, what kind of music do you listen to? She said, uh, Spanish. And I said, who? She said, you don't know. I said, who is it? And then she said, Julio Iglesias. I said, I know Julio Iglesias. Then she said, Macano. Macano? I don't know them. So I said, can I listen? I said, oh, we got the same taste in music. <laughs> and then from that day on, we started talking, talking. About three weeks later, I asked her to go out and have a beer. And boom, bada boom. Aww. Nice. <laughs> Well, tell me about your technique, because I saw you, you were like doing kind of hand over hand and a little ding, 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 ding and then like changing pace. What's what's kind of the the approach? Well, uh, it's all in the wrist. Yeah. And, and uh, you got to bring bring the bell back, the gong, when the rope, you got to yeah. bring it back, but you got to know when to release it at the same time. And I can get a double beat, triple beat, and I can get a bass beat out of it. But... Uh, the one with the two hands, we call milk. That's called milking the cow. Yeah. If you go straight up and down, <laughs> and then if you go sideways, you call that slingshot. When you throw it from one hand, the slingshot or milking the cow. Yeah. But uh, it's all in the it's all in the wrist. Like I was telling Heather Heather earlier, um, you know, I like uh, Coldplay. You know, I like uh, Chain Smokers and and guys like that. There, and I listen to their music, and I I. I get the beats and and twenty one pilot and they have good beats and I, I transfer that into my head into my hand yeah and and a lot of time even though I'm smiling I'm humming it in my in my head you know or under my breath and I transfer it to my to my tune so you're humming a song as I play it what Coldplay song are you humming while you're well, doing it, that cable car it's, it's all all different songs that yeah. they have it's just the beats that I'm looking for not it's, Particularly a certain song. Yeah. Right. I, I get a good beat. Uh, like I did uh, Donald Fagan one year. He, uh, <laughs> he had a song. I can't remember the name of it. But he had. Uh, dun, dun, 
And I transferred it and I did it. And a lot of guys copied that beat from me. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I was hoping we could get a demonstration. I mean, we've got to. We've got to get a demonstration. We actually have the bell in the archive here. This oh, you is, have a bell here? Yeah, we have really? a bell here. Who yeah. could have brought that? <laughs> I wonder where that comes from. This is um, this is the first episode in the Chronicles new studio in the archive here. And uh, I have to say our acoustics are, are pretty, uh, pretty solid. And it, it may be the first time there's ever been a cable car bell in 901 Mission. Yeah. I, would, I would venture to guess. I would oh, venture okay. to guess. So I'm going to actually... Um, so we're going to stop talking, and I'm going to take the sound down. I actually have to really drop the sound because this thing it's, echoes. It's really loud. I, I'm amazed you're not. Yeah. You can Death. still hear, yes. Uh, yeah. So can you give us just like a two-minute demonstration? Oh, sure. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Nice job. Nice job. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. The <laughs> bell ringer left the building. Championship bell ringer. You made that look easy. Oh, it is. You want to go give it a try? Uh, I'll give it a try. All right. Okay, I'm going to video this too. <laughs> all right. This is not going to. Remember, it's all in the wrist. All in the wrist. <laughs> Move your wrist. There you go. And the winner is Peter. Good. It's harder than it harder than it looked, but um, once you get the feel of it, get the ring of it, the feel, you start ringing real good. That was awesome. Thank Great you. Great job. Great. Give you a hand Yay. There. Thank you. Thank no you wonder you won. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your votes. Yeah. <laughs> Before I won the first one, 
I went out to Berkeley Marina because my neighbor was really saying, you know, can you tone it down with that, that noise? <laughs> <laughs> and I tried muffing it with some egg cotton and it still wouldn't do it. So what I did is I, I um, recorded when it had cassettes and headsets on. I went out to Berkeley Marina. I just closed my eyes and I just played it for 30 minutes straight uh-huh. without stopping because the song repeated itself, repeated itself. And next thing I look up, it's 30, 40 people. They didn't say anything. Wow. I opened my eyes and they all started clapping. I said, oh, I'm going to get it this year. Remember <laughs> what year that was? Uh, the, the, the second time I won. Okay. The second yeah. time I won, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was fun. So you, do you, you don't practice at home. No. Uh, do you practice on the cable car? I, I mean, is practice that just on like, the street, yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So the, the, the tourists and the commuters are your, uh, are your audience. Uh, yes, and my, also my coworkers, because we go uh, compete against each other. We'll stop the car with each other. Boom, you call it. Oh, you calling me out, huh? All right. Down. He go down. He hit his. He, I hit my. I hit my. Down. And we start going. Then let him go. And then the bell, <laughs> like, when you throw the cord, it's like, show me what you got. And then I go next. He'll go next. Next thing you know, two cars full of tours clapping for each other. Yeah. So Aww. it's fun. It's all about fun. It's like a break-off. Yeah, yeah, Remember yeah. yeah. break-off break off in the 1980s? 90s, right, you know? yeah. 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 You called me out? Oh, really? I'm coming for you. <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah, but yeah. You'll, you'll see it when you, you okay. come out. I'm going to come out with you. Sounds I have good? one more question. Any other celebrities you've seen on the cable car? If I tell you, you won't believe me. Who? Uh, I just had the, uh, the president of, um, was it um, Italy, on yeah. the car a couple weeks ago. Wow. And I uh, also had Bill Clinton when he was the governor running for president. Uh, Robert Goulet. As a matter of fact, I still got a cigar <laughs> that he gave me in a wrapper. It's probably oh. no good. Uh, and um, uh, what's his name? Curtis, Tony Curtis. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe Montana. You know, um, I, I tell you a, a good story since you said about celebrities. Uh, Mike Piazza. Um, this is when he got traded from the Dodgers uh-huh. to, to uh, New York. Uh-huh. So he got on the car at uh, at the wharf and he rolled down, and I wasn't going. I don't. I don't bother the guys. I let them beat themselves because you know they're a celebrity. You know they just want to be humans like we are. Mm-hmm. So we riding down, riding down. I had my Dodgers hat on. He kept looking up like he mm-hmm. wanted to say something. He kept looking up like he wanted to say something. So he he came on this side of the door. I say, Hey Mike, can you clear the door so they can get out? He said, Oh, okay, no problem. He said, You're a Dodgers fan. I go, Yeah, I met you. Your godfather in Hilton Island, he has a, a place there. My boss that I drove from Florida where he has a place there also. And I met uh, his wife. He said, you, you, you love the Dodgers? I said, oh, yeah, I love the Dodgers. I, I remember we used to play for him. He said, you want me to sign your hat? I said, do with all respect, Mike. It won't mean nothing to me because you're mad now. <laughs> so oh, I didn't no. let, yeah, and I didn't let him sign the hat. Oh, and he, said, he said, you're a true Dodger fan. I go, yeah, I believe blue. <laughs> Well, I like how this you managed to get this to begin and end with a <laughs> dog. <the> <laughs> Why did I do that? But oh, that's well, cool. That's cool. Oh, we can talk about some Giants <laughs> now. No, no, it's all right. We don't want to talk about the Giants right now. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Could I ask you one more favor? Yes. Could you like ring us out, like go okay. up and and I, but I'm I'm going to thank you right now and just appreciate you coming on. And thank you for having me. And um, uh, I'll be more than happy to see you on the fifth. All of right. uh, December. Yay. Okay. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much for really coming. All right, I give you a little soft uh, tune running out. I do the California roll. All right. Thank you.
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight and our guest, Byron Cobb. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 